Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the second part of our two-part series for World No Tobacco Day. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into part two of our two-part podcast series. And just like our first part, this episode was recorded and conducted by our Zest Wellness team member and nurse, Sharon Looney. This episode jumps right back into questions with our guest, Janice, as Sharon and Janice have done this episode in alignment for World No Tobacco Day. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to learn more about our Zest Wellness team, you can visit www.zestwellnesscgi.com. This website is where we host a number of our resources and even our blog. We also encourage you to, hey, please engage with us on social media. And here we go. Part two of the conversation between Sharon and Janice. Hello, Janice. Um, so welcome back. I'd like to thank you for the really insightful part one for those who are thinking about quitting smoking, ways to get them to decide, get off the fence, start an action plan get support if they need it, knowing that they can, you know, get a quick coach online, use resources um, and ask support from their family members as well as their local healthcare providers. So this section is going to be about quitting smoking for those who have already decided and they're in that process. What is your take on going it alone? I know there's a lot of support groups for quitting smoking, but uh, some people, the, the word cold turkey um, comes up when I do health screenings and they say, oh, I'm going to quit smoking by going cold turkey. I'm just going to quit it tomorrow. And that's it. They might have gotten a really high blood pressure reading. They know their blood pressure um, reading is linked directly to their smoking. And they're like, that's it. I'm going cold turkey. Does that work? It does. Yeah, there. Um, I would never want to discourage anyone from quitting just cold turkey. Um, it, there are some things to keep in mind if you're doing that, but um, some people are quite successful at doing just deciding one day to quit and going ahead with it. I often, um, I mean, if they decide to go it alone, they can use the acronym START, which is set a quit date, tell a friend, someone who will support your plan, um, anticipate challenges and think about how they'll manage them, resist urges to smoke, and then therapy. And therapy, this could be drug therapy to help with cravings and withdrawal, or it could be a therapist or a quit smoking coach, just like me. So there's, um, so that's, that's the START acronym. So those are some things to, to kind of start thinking about to get yourself going. 
Brilliant. So that's reassuring because um, sometimes, you know, when people tell their family members, you know, step one, I suppose, of the start plan, they say, oh, I'm giving up smoking. And the response can be like, yeah, yeah, good luck. It doesn't work. But it's great to have that reassurance from a qualified, experienced quick coach that, yes, people are successful if they do choose to go cold turkey. And that start acronym will definitely be useful for those members that are in the quitting process. Um, I watched a film recently called The War of the Roses. I don't know. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. I'd never seen it before. But what I noticed was that there, the whole story was actually, it was about a messy divorce, which can be a trigger for smoking for some people, stress. Um, but what happened was the divorce lawyer had a cigarette in a glass case. And that was the last cigarette that they had, you know, that, that was it. They were not going to smoke anymore. They put their cigarette in a glass case. And the lawyer was Danny DeVito. And he said, this is why I started smoking again. You see him ripping the cigarette out from the glass case in the fancy lawyer office and lighting it up and smoking it. He relapsed. He had quit smoking for years. And because of his stressful job situation, he relapsed. What would you say to people that have, you know, They've, they've stopped, maybe they've quit for a couple of months, maybe it's a couple of years, or maybe they just quit for like a day and they relapse. So I, I feel people can feel a sense of disappointment. What would you say to someone and what are the tips for the relapse situation? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, never think of a slip or a relapse as simply black or white. Um, it's never that simple. If you've, if you've had a slip, simply get back on track and think about what got you there. Our brain will often load up something that just isn't true. And it's called self-sabotage. And it can come from something internal or external or both. If you have a slip um, and then tell yourself that you have ruined everything and start to smoke again, then you're also letting your brain kind of tell you things that aren't true. I would suggest that you simply get back on track as well. Quit again and learn from whatever came up for you that got you smoking again. Because even the best laid plans can have a wrench thrown into them. And you can't plan for everything that will come our way, but we can certainly acknowledge that it was a setback. Think about what the reason was and then carry on as our tobacco-free selves again. Um, in my course, I address self-sabotage because it absolutely comes up for everyone. We just don't know when it's going to show up. And I just want people to watch for it, identify it when it does come up, and then kind of have a plan to resist it and stay on track. Maybe say to your brain, is, is it true that I can have just one? Is it really true? And I think most of us would answer that, no, it's not true that I can have just one cigarette and get back uh, get back to where I was. So, um, so I'm not going to light up that, that one cigarette. I'm not going to have that slip. I'm not going to give in. Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, really insightful. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah, that to, I suppose to describe it as a, a slip and to get back on track um, and that, you know, we can't plan for everything. Um, our current situation, having experienced a global pandemic in Cayman Islands, another trigger might have been the recent earthquake that um, hit us early in 2020. There are triggers and environmental stress, family situations that we just can't plan for. But I like the talk where you're saying don't self-sabotage, talk to yourself and I suppose redefine it 
and use it as your weaponry when you go and fight again to quit smoking, which is, is really, really cool. Um, as a qualified pharmacist, if you do have some time, would you please explain um, nicotine um, and maybe other um, medications that could be discussed over the counter? So these are things that people don't necessarily have to go to their doctor to discuss. Um, they could maybe start um, by using um, gum or patches. What's safe to use? And themselves and then maybe if there's any medications that they should discuss with their doctor is there a different pathway they should go to get different medication support in their quick journey mm -hmm. yeah the medications well the nicotine replacement therapy how it works is it provides the nicotine just not the other 4700 plus chemicals that are found in a lit cigarette um, wow <laughs> that, can you say that again how many chemicals well, 4,700 plus, wow. and 60, roughly 60 that are known to cause cancer. So that's the number of chemicals found in a lit cigarette. Mm -hmm. So the nicotine is what keeps us smoking, but it's not what causes the harm to our bodies. It's wow. what we get addicted to. Wow. So the nicotine replacement therapy is meant to um, replace our smoking. So you basically start with a dose that's close to what you're currently smoking, and then you gradually okay. reduce it down to zero. Um, okay. Often people carry even a bit of a nicotine replacement therapy uh, in their survival kit as well. So they've already quit. Um, they have some nicotine gum in their survival kit just in case something comes up and it's it, it keeps them from buying a pack of smokes, right? Wow. So okay. in case it's needed. And that's okay to do that. Um, so there's gum, there's inhaler, there's um, lozenges, there's patches. Mm -hmm. uh, the patches are kind of long acting, longer acting. They release the nicotine over a period of, of 24 hours, basically. Okay. And um, you can still use some of the fast acting nicotine replacement therapies along with it. There's also uh, Zyban or Bupropion and Champix or Chantix. Mm -hmm. um, Varenicline is the actual compound name, and they work differently differently than the nicotine replacement therapy, but they're effective as well. And there have actually been over a thousand clinical trials on all of these uh, drug therapies, so we know they're safe, we know they're effective. Um, there's very specific reasons why the Zyban or Champix would not be a good choice, and so that's why it's always good to double check with your pharmacist or healthcare provider or your doctor before yeah. starting on those medications. But uh, Varenicline works in a completely different way. It releases some of the dopamine like a cigarette would. That's what makes us feel good when we smoke, mm -hmm. not as much as a cigarette would. And so and it binds so strongly to the nicotine receptors that if you do smoke, you don't get the same satisfaction from it. Okay, so it's not giving you the enjoyment and just the chemicals. <laughs> That's yeah. a good a good drug. But as you mentioned, always check with your doctor before starting a medication. I like the way you highlighted slow acting and fast acting. Um, and I suppose you mentioned a survival kit. But what you mean by that is that you would put a fast acting um, survival um nicotine replacement in that survival kit because I suppose if you encountered a trigger and um, be it a sudden change or or something that triggers you to to relapse that there is something that you can take that will have 
maybe a faster effect as opposed to the 24 hour release and um, would that be the the chewing gum is that um designed to be more fast acting or yeah the gum the lozenge the lozenge. Okay. um i'm assuming that we can you can get all the same types of nicotine replacement therapies there where yes. you're located but um yeah they're all fast acting not as quick acting as a cigarette would be but they mm -hmm. still release the nicotine uh, very quickly so that it helps with the cravings and withdrawal. Um, just have note, n none of the drug therapies make you quit, but what they do do is they help with cravings and withdrawal. And those are the two biggest reasons people slip and relapse. Great. Um, so they are, they help you curb that, but they're not necessarily going to quit for you. So going to the pharmacist today, you know, oh, I, I'm changing my plan and I'm just going to take a medication. There isn't, as you said, a quick fix. It's right. a supportive tool that people can use along with maybe getting their support, a virtual quit coach, joining a quit community, using a local resource. And um, so again, you mentioned like there's loads of resources that they can use. A medication is one that they may consider. Um, and you highlighted that, you know, connecting back with their, their doctor to make sure that that is safe for them. Um, so yeah, that's really, really helpful. Um, and we also touched on our previous section about vaping. Um, if you don't mind, if you could just reiterate, um, should someone pick up vaping when they're deciding, you know, they're in the stage, they're, you know, they're doing well, but they still smoke, say, you know, 10 cigarettes a day, would vaping kind of help them get that down? Or what would you advise them to do? Um, well, as mentioned, I never recommend the vaping as a way to quit because I just have worked with so many clients and I've not to date met one single client who's been able to give up smoking by vaping. Um, I guess another way to think of that is if it, if it's like smoking, if it looks like smoking and feels like smoking, then how is it helping you to actually, uh, not think about smoking? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, most often my clients have both, they use both vaping and smoking at the same time. We yeah. just don't know if it's safe. There's many mm -hmm. side effects from vaping that can take place and that could be from the flavorings or it could be from the different levels of nicotine that are in the nicotine juice or the e-juice and, um, and young people are using it as startup devices. Um, there needs to be a lot more clinical research and a lot more controls um, on the chemicals that are being put in the e-juice until we can really safely recommend them. And I mentioned earlier that there's been over a thousand clinical trials on the drug therapies that already exist. Mm -hmm. We know they're safe, we know they're effective. And so reaching out for that e-cigarette might seem like a really cool idea, idea and a really quick way to help you quit smoking. Um, but it, it, there's really too many unknowns to recommend it. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, that was really comprehensive. Um, I really liked the way you explained the difference between the medications as well. And that, you know, definitely go for what's tried and tested, especially when it comes to your personal health. And um, that's absolutely paramount. My next question comes from clients, actually. When I'm at 
screenings, we do ask them, do they um, use tobacco? Um, and some people say, oh, not really, but I have the odd cigar. Um, can you give any advice on cigars? And it's something that I, I find my husband is like, oh, cigars don't matter. It's definitely a, a cultural thing in the Caribbean. We're very close to Cuba where you can get um, those traditional, it's maybe more cultural in the Caribbean to have cigars. What advice would you have about maybe cigars? Does that matter? Is it as risky as smoking cigarettes? Um, and if you could give us a, a little lowdown on cigars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cigars are an interesting um, phenomenon because there's really, it can, a large cigar can provide just as much nicotine as a, a pack of cigarettes or more. And wow. people are often puffing on it for more than an hour or so. So mm -hmm. there's, there's no filter usually. And so you're exposing yourself to just as many, if not uh, more harmful chemicals when you light up that cigar and um, puff on it for, you know, the hour or more that people sometimes do. So is it safer? No, not, not really. Is it more harmful? Um, I think generally people don't smoke a large number of large cigars in one day, but yeah. um, they would just probably feel sick if they did that. But I think they mm -hmm. have to be aware of um, the fact that um, they're still they're still inhaling a lot of chemicals. They're still yeah. getting a lot of nicotine, same as a pack of smokes. They're still getting um, addicted, and it's harmful to their teeth, their oral health, all of those mm -hmm. things. Yeah, as a as a nurse, um, as part of my training, I did an, an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat orientation, and I was exposed to a lot of very very tragic um, oncology or cancer cases. Um, so I do like to support that message, um, which is just what you said, that, you know, just because you don't inhale it, um, some people like to just puff, puff it, as it were. They say, oh, I'm not swallowing it. But um, you can get cancer of your cheeks, your tongue. And um, so that is all going, you know, it's going, we're inhaling it um, passively through our noses as well. And that one cigar could be the same um, toxic exposure as a pack of cigarettes so if someone put a pack of cigarettes in front of you would you um, just be as likely to take that up so I think it definitely should be incorporated into someone's quit plan and um, if they are quitting cigarettes that they should really be mindful of maybe celebrations or triggers where they might encounter cigars um, and just to be mindful that that could be a relapse trigger and um, to have that in their action plan mm -hmm. absolutely Thank you for that. Um, another popular question um, and things that people struggle with um, from my clients that I encounter is that they associate smoking with another social activity, um, which is uh, maybe alcohol consumption or when they socialize. So is there any way to try and overcome that? They say, oh, you know, I don't smoke day to day, but I do smoke when I socialize. Um, you know, what, what advice, you know, but they do want to quit, but they mm -hmm. don't want to, I mean, right now we're not socializing and today's date is, I believe like the 30th of, of April and um, we'll be releasing this um, in line for the smoking cessation day in May 31st, 2020, where right now we can't socialize, but I'm sure there's celebrations and socializing to come. So what armor or what tips can we give people um, who smoke when they drink 
Mm, yeah, it's it's a big trigger for sure is alcohol to smoking. And um, I guess what I would tell people is this would be a perfect opportunity to have um, some nicotine replacement therapy in your survival kit. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that when you do get into that social experience, that socialization, that, um, that you, I guess, number one, have, have something you can use instead of smoking again. Um, Mm -hmm. but also that, um, to rehearse what you're going to say in those situations so that it just rolls off your tongue. So it might be a particular person that you always smoke with in a social mm-hmm. situation. Um, you know, practice what you're going to say so it feels like it's real, it's coming from you. And uh, say it a few times in the mirror to yourself so that you know exactly um, it, it comes rolls off your tongue very quickly and you know exactly what you're going to say. But there's also, people have to think there's lots of non-smokers, there's more non-smokers in the world than smokers right now. Wow. Um about 80% of the world doesn't smoke and they, those people all manage to party just fine without smoking. So, um, so I would say concentrate on that. Remember that you can celebrate life and even in a bigger and better way as a non-smoker. So. Brilliant. Um, I I really like having that sentence ready. So you had, you, you know, that's in your, survival kit along with your maybe nicotine replacement that gum that inhaler um or whatever you're you know you've decided with your healthcare provider to use that's safe for you and that's really really insightful I like to have that sentence ready if if someone was going to quit smoking and it's something I hadn't considered so we'll definitely be giving that message to our smoking clients who have that concern and I really like that that's a you know it's a non-pharmacological or it's it's a it's not really a medical tool that you can have in your survival kit are there any other like non-medical tools that people can use when they do have those cravings and I read some research about you know massaging your hands or you know holding something is there kind of any tips to you know when you feel that urge you know any other alternative things that you can do that can curb that craving yeah, there's deep breathing. Um, I teach my clients the five, five, seven breath, which is a yoga breath. Right. And it helps uh, reduce stress right away. It's a great breath to do to, um, to fool the brain into relaxing immediately. Uh, people should keep a note, though, there's nothing in that cigarette that relieves stress either. But wow. when we are faced with a stressful situation, we fall back on what we know um, but the five, five, seven breath is amazing. So you breathe in five, for a count of five through the nose, you hold mm-hmm. it for a count of five or as long as you can, and then breathe out for a count of seven mm-hmm. and that a few times focus on your breathing, your counting, and it does help to relax you very quickly and it will help with a craving. Uh, there's things like the four D's drinking water doing the deep breathing, delaying the cigarette and distracting yourself. There's, uh, those all non-pharmacological ways to help. Um, the meditation is big. And I also use some tapping, uh, which is the emotional freedom technique. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of an interesting way to help with cravings as well. And it's, I won't go deep into that because that's another. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a whole whole other series. That sounds really, really interesting in terms of getting emotional freedom, releasing that via physical um, methods. So, but absolutely, I like the the D's, and that's a really helpful way to remember the drinking water. Like, reach for something else, distract mm-hmm. yourself, and um, maybe and um, say your your mantra or have your kind of your quick coaching kind of slogan as it were and um, the meditation and finding other ways that help you relax I found it really interesting that you highlighted that smoking doesn't necessarily relax you but it's what we know so finding something else and um, actually can be more effective as you said with deep breathing and um, so that's really really helpful yeah and as smokers we try to make smoking feel really comfortable for us Mm. in fact sometimes we'll have lit up a cigarette without even craving it and so i always tell people start making smoking feel uncomfortable exactly the opposite of what it is right now for you i uh, i know how they um they implemented uh, well i'm from a generation where the smoking ban in ireland came in and just as a quick backdrop to describe what uncomfortable smoking is uh, because in Ireland it rains so much where I'm from they made it only mandatory that you could smoke in outside areas so all the smokers or active smokers would have to be in a really uncomfortable raining it's windy it's cold and so yeah the the legislation actually made them feel uncomfortable so maybe tips for people in the lovely hot sunny Caribbean is maybe don't um, smoke in a place where you feel totally relaxed. So maybe they could start by not smoking when they're sitting on the beach as a starter. So that would be, you know, associated with relaxing to not make it that comfortable for them to smoke would be a really good tip. I like that. Um, And I've definitely seen from my own experience in Ireland um, how that can work and being uncomfortable and smoking. People just don't bother and because it doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah, exactly. Another concern that pops up, um, especially as we do um, body composition screenings, so we're looking at people, you know, their weight, their muscle composition, their fat um, percentage, um, and we give lifestyle advice around, you know, managing that. Um, some of our smokers, when we screen them, they, you know, weight gain as a as a really big concern you know is it true that you are you know programmed to gain weight when you are quitting smoking or is there a way to help control that and if you could give your thoughts on that yeah it does happen for some people that they gain roughly around um you know five or six kilograms but um really they would need to gain 100 pounds to have the same harmful effects as smoking on their body mm-hmm. and that's a lot of weight um not everyone gains weight after they quit and there are some ways to kind of determine whether you would be that person but there's also some ways to tweak your appetite to tweak your what you're eating and things you can mm-hmm. do that will really help to prevent that um, but the focus on the quitting smoking will have the biggest bang for the buck on their bodies. And then they can work on losing any weight that they may have gained after because it'll be minimal and it, it'll be an easy to do. Right. Yeah, I think that's really kind of reassuring to maybe guide people that are, you know, they're trying to smoke now. They, they, they might be worried about that weight gain, but 
to kind of refocus and take it one step at the time, focus on smoking cessation or quitting smoking first, and then tackle the next issue. So try not to overwhelm yourself with overhauling your lifestyle in one big swoop that it's, you know, a micro step in the right direction. Every cigarette that you pass off on or every one that you don't take is having a benefit effect on your health. Um, and something I read before on, um, like when you quit smoking, there's different benefits that start returning. So um, you know, obviously the weight gain can be a negative, but there are amazing benefits that start to evolve when you quit smoking. Um, is it true that your sense of smell starts to return, that your taste buds start returning? Um, like, does your body start to overcome the negative effects um, on, on what they are? You know, so things for people to look forward to as they quit smoking. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, within eight, within 48 hours, your sense of smell and taste improve. Wow. Um, so it is going to taste better. Um, within two weeks, the nicotine is completely gone from your body. Uh, you know, wow. within six months, your coughing and sinus congestion, your tiredness and shortness, shortness of breath have gone. So there's huge benefits short term and long term. Absolutely amazing. Um, I really like that timeline that you gave. So like even if someone's just, you know, in the early stages, you know, literally within 48 hours, they will have a physical benefit, sense of smell and taste will improve and, and clearing your system of nicotine. The timeline of two weeks seems like a, a reasonable goal to set and something to celebrate for people that are on that journey already. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's been um, hopefully really helpful for our clients and um, all our listeners there that have taken time out for themselves to get support um, and listen to this podcast, maybe learn a little bit more. Maybe this information they can pass on to a friend or a loved one who's on that smoking cessation or quit smoking journey. Um, so I would like to thank you for your time. Um, if you could just... Um, maybe explain to our listeners and people that have listened to this Zest Wellness podcast, if they were interested in availing of um, a one-to-one -one quick coach service, that um, how they would contact you and to avail of some Zest Wellness perk discounts. Yeah, absolutely. They, um, they can email me at jbquitcoach at gmail.com. Um, I have an online course. I have a couple online courses actually, or uh, and they're they're just forty seven dollars. So it's really inexpensive. It'll help guide you through um, a quit um, that will keep you feeling good and looking good. And you'll learn other things along the way that you can incorporate into other areas of your life or your next big health behavior change you want to make. There's some really good stuff in there. Um, we address fear, we address weight gain, um, all of the things that might be keeping people stuck um, will get you unstuck and quit and feeling great at the same time. So that's jbquitcoach at gmail.com. Or I also have um, on Instagram, I have a challenge, a quit smoking challenge going on right now. And it's jbquitcoachchallenge.com. They can visit that. Um, if they email me and they want to have a discovery call, we can sit down and just chat about 
what their quick goals are, and I can provide them with a list of options as well. They might prefer to work one-on-one -on -one with me, would love that. It, it's an option as well, and we can do it virtually as well. That's amazing. Um, I have just, as I am a, personally, I'm a non-smoker, I literally Googled the price of cigarettes in Cayman. They're roughly around $10 a pack. So for the price of five cigarette packs, which you might, you know, mindlessly smoke over the course of a couple of weeks or depending on your consumption, you can actually get that support for your quitting smoking journey. So um, we really appreciate um, collaborating and um, helping our Zest Wellness members with those really great discounts that you can offer them. And it's really nice to know that there is a support group on Instagram Live and um, your Instagram account is, is a lovely resource for our listeners and Zest Wellness members too. So um, thank you very much for your time. Um, and um, I would like to invite our listeners to um, please provide some feedback and if they have any questions or concerns to reach out to their Zest Wellness coordinators. We have amazing coordinators in each of our jurisdictions um, and they will be able to provide you as well with local events and resources that are happening for smoking cessation. So that would be our final tip to connect with your coordinators um, or your group administrators as part of your Zest Wellness program. So we're here to help and we would like to thank you for listening. Thank you.